thanking the Lord you're not going to hear from Pastor Tom today. It's been put off indefinitely. We're delighted to have a guest speaker with us today. He's a Lancaster County guy. He's been a pastor for many years. And uh, we welcome uh, Dr. Stan Maughan to our pulpit today. Good to have you with us. Thank you. Well, I'm really glad to be with you here this morning. Uh, I'm grateful for the, the privilege uh, of opening up God's Word with you here today. Uh, a long time ago when the Lord brought me to himself as a young man, or very early on, he put a, a deep love in my heart for uh, the Word of God, and I love it when it just seems to come alive for us. And I'm guessing many of you have been reading the Bible for years and years and years, and, and you know how special it is when you, when you come to a passage that maybe you've read many times before, and it just seems to leap off the page and, and come alive in your heart, and I hope that will be the case for you here uh, this morning. If you haven't already, grab your Bibles and open up, please, to the Gospel of Mark. Uh, we're going to be in chapter 4 today, near the end of the chapter. Mark chapter 4, uh, verse 35 through 41. Uh, this is a, a fairly short segment in Scripture, but I'd have to rank it right up there near the top of my all-time favorite Bible stories. It's one of those stories that's just sort of universally uh, applicable in our lives. In almost any situation that you find yourself in, what we can learn from this passage can uh, apply. Uh, it's a story about trusting God especially when times get rough. It's a story about refusing to be afraid, even when everything around us wants to feed those fears. It's about that battle of fear and faith, uh, which we face uh, in one way or another, I think, almost every single day of our lives. And it's about trusting Jesus, even when our boat is full of water and it really looks like we're going to go down very, very soon. Now, this event took place very early in the ministry of Jesus. He had already started performing miracles. Large crowds had already begun to gather to hear him. He had also already chosen his uh, 12 disciples. They had started following him, but they hadn't quite yet fully figured out who he was. Uh, they didn't still quite get it. And, and one day, Jesus was ministering up on the northern edge of the Sea of Galilee, uh, near the little town of Capernaum. And he had gotten into a boat, actually, and sort of used the, the boat as his pulpit to speak. I can't imagine what that would be like. I don't know if the waves were, you know, rocking him back and forth as he was preaching. But it was a long day. Uh, he, he preached. There was huge crowds that came to hear him. And the passage that we're going to look at this morning uh, came at the end of, of that long day. So, now, direct your attention to God's Word. Let's, let's read this, starting in verse 35. On that day, when evening had come, he said to them, let us go across to the other side. And leaving the crowd, they took him with them in the boat, just as he was, and other boats were with him. And a great windstorm arose, and the waves were breaking into the boat, so that the boat was already filling. But he was in the stern, uh, asleep on the cushion. And they woke him and said to him, teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? And he awoke and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, Peace, be still. And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. He said to them, Why are you so afraid? 
Have you still no faith? And they were filled with great fear and said to one another, Who then is this that even the wind and the sea obey him? Now before we look at this in uh, even more detail, could we just pause for a moment and just pray and ask the Lord to to speak to us uh, as we do this? Father in heaven, we want to pause uh, and still our hearts for just a moment before you because we're always wanting to hear you speak into our lives. Lord, we thank you for the word of God that uh, speaks directly to us from your heart. We thank you for our Lord Jesus and for his ministry and and, and drawing uh, his desire to, to see all men drawn to himself. And Lord, as we focus in especially on this event that's very, very familiar to all of us, Lord, I pray that you'd bring it alive in our hearts. Help us to see how powerfully uh, this can impact our lives. And Lord, teach us not to be afraid and to trust in you more. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, I'm here today to tell you what happened that night out on the Sea of Galilee. And I don't know who that other guy was up here, but let me introduce myself to you. My name is Simon, okay, and I'm a fisherman, okay, and I live in the little town of Capernaum. You've probably never heard of it, but it's over in a place on the other side of the world, and I've lived my whole life there. And like my father before me and his father before him, I make my living out on that lake, catching fish and then selling them to the people in town. And I've had a pretty good business uh, going along with my partners. Andrew, my brother, works with me, and my dear friends, uh, James and John, as well. And we do so well for ourselves because we know this lake. We know where the fish are. We know where the fish aren't. We know when you can catch them, and we know when you can't. But when you live your whole life uh, on a lake, it's a whole lot more than just that. Because there's many a man who's gone out onto that lake who's never come back again. It's not really all that big of a lake, just a few miles long, a few miles wide, but it's a very temperamental beast, uh, our lake is. Uh, You've really got to know her, her moods. And if you're not careful, her mood will turn on you, and then you better watch out. But I'm getting ahead of myself, and let me just, let me just back up a, a little bit. One day, not all that long ago, my brother Andrew and, and I were working down uh, by the lake shore, and, and Jesus uh, came along, and he called us to follow him. And that's another story uh, for another day, maybe, but we did. We just left everything uh, where it was, and we followed him. Uh, I can tell you that there was something different about this man that you sensed immediately when you met him. So we left everything and followed him. And wow, what a ride. Uh, he, he healed my own mother-in-law. She was desperately sick, and he just simply spoke the word, and she was healed. And he cast out demons, and he even healed a, a leprous man. One day, we were all listening to him, and the crowds were there, and some guys came, and they brought a paralytic. They couldn't even get close because of the crowds. They cut a hole in the roof, dropped him down through the hole in the roof, and Jesus forgave the man's sins. Now, that was earth-shaking. But then he said, pick up your mat and get up and walk. And this man who had been paralyzed for so long did exactly that. It was amazing. 
And as he did these things, he taught us. But not like the Pharisees teach. He, he just seemed to preach with, or teach with, with authority, as if, as if he was speaking the very words of, of God himself. Well, on this particular day, he had been teaching uh, all day long, and people were coming from everywhere to hear him. Now, I've lived in Capernaum my, my whole life, but I have never seen such crowds as those that came to, to hear this man preach. They were, there were so many people, they just crowded around and impressed around him that sometimes it was really hard for him to, to, to speak uh, to, to the crowd. So he came to me that day, and he asked if he could just get in my boat. And so we just pushed out just a, a little ways into the water, and he kind of used that as his pulpit, and that's where he preached. And I loved it, because it gave me a front row seat. <laughs> well, this had been going on all day long, and as evening approached, we were tired. I'm sure he was even more tired. I was just sitting there listening to him. He was the one teaching all day long. But I was ready to call it a day and go home and, and get some rest. But one thing I've learned about Jesus is that you never know what's going to come next. And so instead of saying, hey guys, let's go and get a good night's rest and maybe tomorrow we'll do something different. Maybe I'll take you on a little trip or something tomorrow. No, that's not what he said. He said, let's go over to the other side of the lake. And he meant like right now. And this, for us, was an unexpected journey. Now, I've uh, discovered that God often likes to take us on such journeys, and we often don't see him coming. You know, he knows the future, uh, of course. We do not. And so I guess what maybe is an unexpected journey for us, it never is for him. He, he always knows what's coming, and so I'd have to say it has to be part of his plan whatever he chooses to bring us through. And so what's unexpected for us is never any surprise to him at all. And we can trust him because when he takes us on an unexpected journey, we can rest assured that it's part of his plan. Well, when Jesus announced this trip across the sea, I wasn't going to argue with him. I thought about it. I thought about arguing with him. I've done that before, uh, but... Uh, you know, a whole host of reasons came into my mind why this was really a very bad idea. Because for, for one thing, I, I had never been over on the other side of that lake before, and I wasn't at all sure I wanted to go there now. Because, you see, the Lord wanted to take me someplace where I had never been. Now, you might say, what do you mean? You've lived your whole life on this lake. What do you mean you've never been over to the other side? It's just a few miles away. You can see it. You can walk to it. It's not that far. Well, let me tell you why I've never been over there. You see, that's pagan country over there. Those people are wicked. They are godless. Good Jews just don't go over there. We were warned early on by our mothers and our fathers, don't ever go over to the other side of the lake. They are idolaters over there. They eat swine's flesh. But that's not even half of it. We don't go over there, but you know what? We've heard stories. Stories about terrible things that will keep you awake at night and, and give you nightmares. And we've heard rumors. Rumors about naked, crazy, wild men running loose in the hills 
screaming and gashing themselves with rocks. And they've even caught one of these fellows. They tied him up with, with chains, but then his frenzy comes over him. He breaks those chains, and they can't do anything with him. Let me tell you, I didn't want to go over there. I, would you want to go over there? I mean, who wants to get anywhere near somebody like that? Well, you know, even if that weren't the case, I, even if that guy wasn't over there, I still didn't want to go over there. Because it's just different over there. I mean, I, I've heard it's just so different. And, and I, you know, I kind of like things the way they are. You know, I don't really like change all that much. You know, I'm quite comfortable the way I am right now. Thank you very much. I and mean, please, let's not meddle with that. But the Lord wanted to take me someplace where I had never been. And just between you and me, I didn't like that very much. You know what I mean? You know, has God ever nudged you to accept a change and you're sitting there going, uh-uh, no, no, I don't like it. I don't want to do that. I'm comfortable. The way. I've always done it this way. I've never done it that way. I don't want to change. And sometimes God says, you're going to change. You need to accept this. Now, I don't think I'm the only one that ever struggles with this. My guess is that maybe some of you struggle with change every now and then. But I've learned that Jesus kind of likes to nudge us out of our comfort zone. And that's exactly what he was doing with me when he said, let's go over there to the other side of the lake. Now, it's not just that I had never been over there before. And it's not just that I didn't want to go. I was afraid to go. And there you have it. You know, I've said it. Big, strong Simon, you know. But I was afraid to do what the Lord wanted me to do. Now, sometimes the Lord takes us places where we've never been and we're afraid to go. But, but who was I to argue with the Lord? Well, I guess I did argue with the Lord a lot, you know. But, but little did I know that that was only the beginning of many, many places uh, where the Lord would take me in the days to come. And so when Jesus said, let's go over to the other side, I said, oh boy, I don't know about this. But I put in my oars, and we headed out across the lake. You know, there's one more reason why I did not want to cross the lake that night. It's because I could read the signs. Signs in the sky, signs in the weather. And they didn't look good. I could tell that there's a very good chance of a storm rolling in that night. And that's exactly what happened, precisely as I had feared. The path that Jesus wanted us to take led straight into a storm. Now, here's how it happened. Okay, we headed out into that lake. Darkness was falling uh, around us. Now, I know the weather around this lake pretty well because, as I've told you, I've spent my whole life here. The Sea of, of Galilee, it, you have to understand, is subject to storms such as you just don't get any place else. We sit way below sea level, and the west winds coming across the, the Mediterranean are forced up over the mountains to our, our west. And, and then there's some deep valleys up on the northwest uh, side of the Sea of Galilee, and they almost act like wind funnels. And when the storms hit just right, the winds funnel down through those valleys, and then they just shoot out across the northern part of the lake, which is, of course, where we lived, and it can be terrible. 
So when a storm rolls in, it might be relatively mild someplace else. It can be terrifying if you're out there on the lake, especially on the north end of the lake, which is where we were. And if it's a big storm, you just don't want to be out there. So as darkness descended all around us, now we are way out on the lake uh, by now, and it was getting uh, dark. The sky really looked ominous. Now, I've been out in this lake many times, many times after dark. But let me tell you, this was just a little bit scary. I was nervous. And it got pitch dark. The clouds rolled in. They obscured the stars and the moon. You could barely see a thing. Jesus, exhausted as he was, had fallen asleep in the back of the boat. But I began to to feel the, the hairs on the back of my neck just begin to prickle and stand up. I could almost feel it coming. And there wasn't really all that much wind, and all you could hear was the, the creak of the oars and the slap of the gentle waves against the side of the boat. And suddenly, one of the other disciples said, Shh! Listen! And off in the distance, you could hear it coming. The, the roar of the wind as it came barreling down the hillsides and out across the lake towards us. And I, quick, I yelled, take everything down, put the oars in, take the sail down, get ready. And before we knew it, that storm was upon us. And this was no ordinary storm. I had never seen a storm like this before. It was practically demonic. And in no time at all, the water was whipped up into giant waves and began crashing into the boat. And we began to bail furiously. But the water was coming in faster than we could bail it out. And the boat started filling up with water. And I knew that we were in trouble. Now remember, uh, several of my companions and I were experienced sailors, okay? We, we knew what we were doing out there on the lake. But we knew what we were up against. And we knew that we were staring death in the face. And the reason we were here was because Jesus wanted us to be here. And that's what made it really so hard for me to, to grasp. We had done exactly what Jesus told us to do, and out of obedience to him, we were now right smack in the middle of this storm. And he had brought us here on purpose. He brought us here on purpose. And let me tell you, I I had a hard time with that. I did. And that's what made me wonder, is God paying attention? Does he even care? I mean, there he is. He's asleep in the back of the boat. He doesn't even know what's happening to us. And this was unbelievable. Here we were, fighting for our lives, knowing that any minute could be our last, and he's not even paying attention. What kind of God is that? I knew it was over. I did. I, I knew we were going to drown. And I had had it. So I woke him up, and I practically spat at him. Teacher, don't you even care that we're all going to drown? Now, this boat was just minutes away from going down. Have you ever felt that way before? That you're in deep trouble and you really wonder if God's paying attention. You pray and you pray and you pray and you don't get the answer you want and you think, does he even care? Is he even listening? Is he even paying attention at all? And, in the, and you wonder in your mind, why has God allowed this to happen? Where is God in all this? Why doesn't he help me? Why is, he, why is he letting this situation get so desperately bad? And that's where I was. 
I think if I could have gotten off that boat right then and walked back to shore, I would have done it away from Jesus and never looked back. Now, I know this doesn't sound very spiritual, but I was mad at Jesus. Boy, was I mad at him. You ever been mad at Jesus? I was mad. And i not especially known for holding my tongue. And I let him have it. Don't you even care if we all drown? I yelled at him. I yelled at Jesus. Well, he woke up, of course. And he stood up on the edge of the boat. And I thought for a minute that he was going to jump overboard. He just kind of got up on the edge of the gunnels. And he put up his hands like this. And I thought, oh no, he's jumping in. But he said, shalom, peace. Be still. And the wind just went whoosh, and it stopped just like that. It didn't even take five seconds. And the waves. Have you ever been out by the sea or by a lakeshore after a big storm has gone by? What are the waves doing? <laughs> They're still roaring for a long time after that storm was over. But just as quickly as the wind died down, so did the waves. To a dead calm, just like that. And the clouds opened, and the moon came back out, and their stars are shining up ahead. And a supernatural tingle went up and down my spine, and my flesh prickled all over because this was a miracle, an absolute, undeniable, supernatural miracle. And the only evidence that there had been a storm a few minutes before was the fact that we were still drenched and our boat was still full of water. But I want to tell you something about Jesus. Jesus can calm any storm. One minute we were one wave away from death by drowning, and one minute later we floated quietly on a placid sea, safe and sound. And you know the amazing thing? With Jesus in our boat, we were just as safe in the middle of the storm as we were after the storm had completely passed by. Now, I don't know you, I don't know what's going on in your lives. But my guess is that for some of you, there's a storm. Maybe it's a little storm. Maybe it's a big storm. But storms come into our lives. And I want to tell you that Jesus can calm your storm. But even if he doesn't, even if he lets it rage for a while, you are just as safe in that boat with him as you could be any place else in the world. Now, I've known Jesus for a good while now, and you know what? I have never once seen him flustered. Okay? Not once. Even in the middle of that storm, when I, when I woke him up, he didn't say, oh my goodness, look at all this. Oh, what are we going to do? No, nope. <laughs> not even for a second. He never gets flustered. Now, if I get woke up and someone's yelling at me right in my face, that's going to kind of you know, knock me off kilter for a while, but not Jesus. He never gets flustered. And he can calm any storm. 
I'm also glad to know that he knows exactly how much we can take. Well, as you can imagine, after Jesus performed this miracle, we were completely speechless. I mean, a minute before, I had been rebuking him, but then he turned and rebuked us. Why are you all so afraid, he said. Have you still no faith? And here's the lesson that the Lord was trying to teach me. When fear and faith do battle, choose faith. When fear and faith do battle, choose faith. Now, man, we were scared to death. We really were, okay? And not without reason. I mean, this was a bad storm. We, we were in danger from a human perspective. Those waves were real, but we didn't need to give in to fear. And what Jesus wanted us to do instead was to choose faith. You know what the most often repeated command in the Bible is? Don't be afraid. It's there more than any other command in the Bible. And the number one thing he wants us to do instead of being afraid is to trust him, no matter what. And so when fear and faith do battle, and they will, they will, we need to choose faith. Now, we should have realized that no matter how bad things looked, the Lord was with us. And Jesus had not told us, hey guys, let's go out in the middle of the lake and let's drown in the storm out there tonight and have that come to an end of us. No, that's not what he said. He said, let's cross over to the other side. And if Jesus was in our boat, there was no way that we were going to drown. Now, I want to ask you a question. Is Jesus in your boat? You know, he promised that if we trusted him, that he would be with us always, even to the end of the age. And so if Jesus is with you, is he going to lead you into disaster and then abandon you there to perish? No. I don't think he's going to do that. You know, this was not the first storm I'd ever experienced in my life. And it wasn't the last either. But this I've learned, that faith is the anchor that can carry me safely through any storm. It doesn't matter how big the waves are. It doesn't matter how hard the wind is blowing. It doesn't matter how much water is in my boat. If I am trusting him, he will see me through. And yeah, there may be all these reasons why I think it's a good idea to be afraid, but he says, uh-uh, I know how scary it looks, but don't be afraid. I'm with you. Trust in me. And so when fear and faith do battle, which they will, choose faith. Well, when this was over, I have to confess, the other disciples and I were still afraid. We, we, were, we were terrified. And we asked each other, who is this that even the wind and the waves obey him? And I want to tell you what I've learned about Jesus. And here's lesson number one. Jesus is God. Not just a man from God. Just, not just a man who spoke for 
God, but Jesus was God himself in the flesh dwelling among us. Because no one could do such a thing as Jesus had done except God himself. And that was just one thing. I could tell you a thousand stories about how Jesus had proved himself over and over and over again with miracle after miracle after miracle to to prove himself to be God in the flesh living among us. Well, here's lesson number two I learned about Jesus. He is all-powerful. He can do anything. No storm can defeat him. If he can command the wind and the waves, there is nothing that is too hard for him to do. So don't underestimate his power like I did. Now, I had seen him do miracles for others, but somehow I didn't think that he had the power to help me in my time of need. And now I know that no storm can defeat me if I'm trusting in him. And that's number three. Jesus wants me to trust him no matter what. He wants me to trust him when the sun is shining, and he wants me to trust him when it's not. He wants me to trust him when the storm clouds fill the sky, and he wants me to trust him when my boat is filling up with water. Now, it's not so easy to trust him when your boat is full of water and the wind is howling around you, but that's when my faith, when your faith is really tested. Now, you may have problems. We all have problems. Everybody has problems. Sometimes they're overwhelming problems. But you know what? They may overwhelm us, but they will never overwhelm him. And it doesn't really matter how big or small our problems may seem. They're all small to him. He can handle them. And we need to put our faith in a powerful God who can do the impossible. An omnipotent God who can solve any problem. A really big God to whom no obstacle is too large. And in a loving God whose power is there and available to help me in my time of need. So when you face a storm, you can either do it like I did and assume that God's not paying attention and doesn't really care about you, or you can do what Jesus told me to do and that is to trust him and to stop being so afraid. But it's a choice he leaves up to you. Now here's a truth that may be a little bit hard to swallow. Jesus may deliberately lead you into the storm. It was a rather sobering moment for me to realize that Jesus knew that storm was coming and he took us right smack into the middle of it when he told us to head out in the lake. That's why he didn't wait till the next morning. He wanted us to be in that storm. He led us into that storm. He deliberately took us there. Hard to swallow. But did he do that because he wanted to destroy us? No. He did that because he wanted to build us up and make our faith grow. And I can tell you now, I couldn't tell you this that night, but I can tell you that now, now, I'm glad, I'm glad he took us there. I'm glad he led me into that storm. I'm a better man because of it. So here's another question for you. Do you believe that God still leads his children? He does. Do you believe that God is in control of every circumstance that comes into our lives? He is. So do you think that even bad things then are part of God's plan? We have to answer yes, that they are. 
Now, I've been walking the road with Jesus for quite a long time now, and it's been an exciting journey. But I'm here to tell you it's not always clear sailing. Sometimes it's downright rough. And that, my friends, is God's plan. Sometimes to deliberately lead us through difficult situations. Now, do you believe that? It's true. But we can trust him no matter what. But here's one more question I'd like to ask you. Is Jesus really in the boat with you? Now, you may have been around Christians all your life. You may have been attending church for a long time, but that doesn't automatically make you a Christian. Jesus wants you to invite him into your boat, figuratively speaking. Now, you may be going through a storm right now. Maybe your boat is filling up with water. And it looks like you're about ready to go down. So the first question to ask is, is Jesus in the boat with me? Now, after Jesus had calmed this storm, we asked each other, who is this that even the wind and the waves obey him? You see, Jesus was greater than we thought. Who is he? He's the creator God. He is the Lord of all creation. And he's not just a good man. He's not just a great teacher. He's God himself. So my question for you is, have you received him as your Savior? If your life was a boat, have you invited him on board with you? You know what? If he's not there, you are headed for trouble. You just might sink. And in fact, if he's not in your life, there is a storm of judgment coming that will overwhelm you in the end, and you will perish. But you can trust him today as your Savior he told us that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. Let me tell you, I'd rather go through any storm with Jesus in my boat than to go anywhere without him. Well, let me leave you with some good news. If Jesus is in charge of your boat, you cannot sink. If Christ is with you, your boat cannot go down. It was his plan that brought you this way. It is his power which will keep you and if necessary to do the impossible. Now I know when storms come, it gets dark. That's just the nature of storms. The clouds roll in, the sun is obscured, and the sky gets dark. And in that darkness, sometimes it seems like God has hidden his face from us. Sometimes it seems like God has fallen asleep or he's not paying attention, but he is with us always. And if Jesus is your anchor, your anchor, that anchor will hold. He will never fail you. And through the good times of life and also through the storms, especially through the storms, he is Lord. He is Lord of all. Let's talk to him. Oh, Father, I have to tell you that we don't like the storms. Storms are scary. Storms aren't fun. Boy, we wouldn't ever choose a storm. But we know that you are the sovereign Lord and sometimes you choose a storm for us. And sometimes you direct our path so that we go straight through the middle of it. Lord, you know that we don't like that. But I thank you that you are a loving, faithful God and that you have our best always in mind and that you'll be with us all the way through the storm. Lord, sometimes it seems like you're not there. It seems like you're not hearing our prayers. You're not solving our problems. 
we just can't even seem to see your face. You feel far away. But Lord, we want to hold on to the truth that in every, st- in every storm, in every gale, our anchor holds within the veil. Thank you, Lord, that even through the storms, you are Lord. You're always Lord. You're Lord of all. We pray in your own precious name.